And give yourselves a round of applause applause for braving the rain this morning. Y'all made it out to church in spite of the rain. And uh, man, I'm excited about this Sunday. Uh, We've been in our series entitled Blueprints. This is the fifth week of Blueprints. And the first four weeks that we've done, we've been just talking about building on wisdom from a foundational standpoint on how to build your life with wisdom just from a foundation standpoint. And from today and the rest of the series, we're going to actually talk about wisdom from a practical standpoint. From a practical standpoint, like this is how I practically apply wisdom to my life on a day-to-day basis. And I truly believe that today's message has the potential to change your life. Whether you say my life is good, your life could become greater. Whether it's bad, it could become great. Just by applying practically what we're going to talk about today And the title of the message today is, Are You Building or Burning? Are You Building or Burning? And just again, a quick reminder for you uh, watching online or you in the room, we have all the notes are on our app. You can go to Google Play if you have uh, an Android or you can go to the App Store and Apple. You can download all the the app for our church, New Life Church Mobile. All the notes are there. You can listen to sermons there. There's, There's so many things you can do on the app as well. But all the notes are there. Uh, but if you're taking notes in the building or you're watching online, are you building or are you burning? And today's message, we're talking about words, your words. You say, well, how, how can, how, why is this message so important? It's important because your words are the catalyst to your life. Amen. Your words are the catalyst to your life. Words are the most powerful thing that you can ever speak in the world. The, the words are the most powerful thing that you own. It's your words because your words have the ability to build or the ability to tear down. And when we look at, our, look at the Bible, we go back to, to God the Father, and we look at God's first time speaking in the Bible. God's first words in the Bible are in Genesis chapter 1 when he says, let there be light. That's the first time that we hear God the Father speak in the Bible. He says, let there be light. So what that lets us know is the nature of God is he builds and he creates. His words, the very origin of his words, the first words ever spoken, we can uh, take from that that God is a builder and he creates. So God uses his words to build and create. He's a creator. And we inherited that ability from God to build and create with our words. So you say, what did I inherit from God? The ability to build and create from your words. Now, there's another character in the Bible that comes, that we're introduced to in Genesis chapter 3. His name is Satan. And you know, the very first words that he spoke were this. He says, did God really say, surely you won't die if you eat of the fruit? And so the very first words that we hear of Satan are lies. So from God the Father, he is a God that builds and creates. Satan's first words that we hear from here are lies. So with our words, that's why the title is, Are You Building or Are You Burning? Because just as we created or inherited the ability to build and create from God with his words, we've also inherited from Satan the ability to lie and to destroy with our words. And so that is an ongoing battle that we will forever be in until we reach eternity is with our words. Are we going to build with our words or are we going to destroy with our words? But the power is within us that we will decide, what are we going to do with my words? Am I going to build or am I going to burn? 
And the sad reality is that so many times that we just walk around and we destroy everything in our path. We destroy our marriages. We destroy our kids. We destroy our families. We destroy all of our relationships because we're destroying them with our words. We're just going around and just letting loose anything that comes out of our mind. Oh, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Yeah, but you leave a wake of destruction in the path because of your words. And so today is, are we building or are we burning? And I just want you to lean in today, and I feel like this message, like I said, has the potential to change the trajectory of your marriage, of your family, of your relationships, of your future, everything simply by the power of your words. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence in. We thank you that you're here. Lord, I just thank you, even in the midst of the storm that's going outside, that you're covering and protecting us from all destruction and danger. Lord, we pray for those in Louisiana and Mississippi and the surrounding areas that you would cover them and protect them from Hurricane Ida. I pray that you would just, even now, Lord God, make the winds and the rain subside, that it won't be as worse as they say that it is, Lord God, that you would quiet the storm and we speak your word over it right now. We thank you that you're here with us in the room today. Open up our hearts to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So our main text, if you're following along, if you have your Bibles or your app, or the Bible app, you can turn to James chapter 3. This is going to be our main uh, reference of Scripture today is James chapter 3. And I'll share other scriptures as well, and we'll, we'll try to put that on the screen for you, but you can follow along. James chapter 3 is going to be our main uh, passage. Verse, James chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Help me, God. Indeed, we, may, we will make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, hmm, we will be perfect and we could also control ourselves in every other way. That last part, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control our t- ourselves in every other way. Self-control of the tongue is the pinnacle of self-control. If you can learn how to control your tongue, you have reached the pinnacle of self-control. Because what you've also done is that every, area, every other area of your life, you've reached self-control. So that means that you can control your thoughts. That means that you could learn how to control your words. You can control your your body disciplines or self-disciplines when it comes to your diet and and exercise and all these things. You can become a master of self-control if you could do this one thing, control the tongue. Isn't that ironic that one of the smallest parts of our body is the key to self-control over every other part? That's what it says in the scripture. It says, for if we could control our tongues... We will be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way if you can control the tongue. That's how powerful the tongue is. You know, you could be saved for years and decades on end, and you're like, man, I'm holy. I read my Bible. I pray. I serve the Lord. Oh, I listen to worship music in my car. But just let you hit your little pinky toe on the corner of the coffee table. And, man, sometimes them words will come flying right on out. You try to pull on that lawnmower, and it just won't crank. And you keep pulling on it and pulling on it, and those words, they'll come right on out. Or if you're driving in your car and someone pull out in front of you or slam on the brakes or all the, they, those words, sometimes they'll just come right on out, won't they? And we feel like, boy, I have a good grip on my tongue. But just know that there are certain things that the Lord is still working on our patience when it comes to our tongue. Come on, y'all know I'm telling the truth. And forever 
we're, while we're here on earth, it is our job, it's our responsibility to say, God, help me with my tongue. Help me to control my tongue. So today what I want to do is I want to make this a little bit more practical. But before we do that, I'm going to read the rest of the, the scripture in James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse, we'll pick up in verse 3. It says, we can, make a, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great fire, a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness. It says the tongue is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. You know, your life's destiny is controlled by your tongue. You speak and you shape your destiny simply by the words that come out of your mouth. So don't think about those idle words that you know sometimes you just say things that you don't really mean, but you say it. Be careful. You're shaping your destiny. Your tongue, your words. None of us in our right mind would go home after this church service and say, you know what? I think it's a good idea. I'm just going to set my house on fire. I'm just going to burn up everything I worked hard for, all my family heirlooms and belongings. I'm just going to set it on fire. I think that's a good, none of us in our right mind would do that. But that's what we do with our words. We just go ablaze setting everything on fire with our words. It says, the, it says it here in the scriptures. It says it's a tiny spark can set a great fire, forest on fire. That's your words. We could go around setting destruction and fires everywhere that we go, destroying everything just by the words that come out of our mouths. Well, I had a bad day, so they deserve it. Nope. That's your words. Be careful. You're just setting the fire everywhere that you go. And you look, can look behind you, and there's a trail of, of broken relationships, all these things behind you just by your tongue. The tongue can be a demonic instrument the devil can use to destroy your life. If the devil wants to destroy your life, what he'll first do is he'll put something in your heart. Because the word says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what the devil would do is he'll try to get things in your heart. You know people don't care about you. You know people don't love you. And he'll try to put a bitterness or he'll put an offense inside of your heart. And then what happens is once it gets in your heart, you begin to speak out those things. Well, nobody does love me. Everybody's always against me. Why doesn't anybody take up for me? Nobody cares about me. And out of that bitterness, out of the heart, comes out of your mouth. And the enemy knows that he does this. He'll try to destroy you from the inside out because he'll try to destroy your heart because eventually he knows it's going to come out of your mouth. And so if you self-sabotage your own life simply by allowing the enemy to control your heart because he knows if he can control your heart, you're going to speak those words out of your mouth. Y'all getting the picture, see how important the tongue is and the words are now? Y'all see how valuable and important we have to make sure that, that our words are life-giving, that we're building and not burning. Are you building or are you burning? I'm just setting y'all up for the message. Are you building? I'm not even preaching yet. Are you building or are you burning? And I'm not going to be here forever. Don't worry. We're going to be here in a few more minutes. Are you building or are you burning? I just want to set this up so you catch the importance of it. Your words, they're very important. So to make this very practical, I want to introduce to you seven characters. I've given these people seven different names, and I try to use names that nobody in this church has, so you can't say I'm talking about you. 
so his seven names are just made up. But I want you to I, just to search your heart and say, hey, is this person me? Not is this somebody else? Oh, that, oh I know who that he's talking about. That's that person. No, is this person you? And I went through these and I said, God, is this me? Search my heart. So I'm going to introduce you to seven characters that have a problem with controlling their tongue. Y'all ready? So if you're taking notes, you can follow along. This is the first person. We're talking about, we're starting off with lying Lester. Oh, lying Lester. He has an ambitious heart. You know, lying comes from an ambitious heart. You will change your information just to get whatever it is that the ambition in your heart is to desire. So lying comes from an ambitious heart. So there's three types of lying. The first type of lying is just no truth. It's just a total fabrication. You just made the whole thing up. Like there is no truth in you just just an habitual liar. You know, I have a cousin that's just an habitual liar. And it's like anytime he opens his mouth, he he's not on. I know he's not watching. <laughs> but he's just and everybody knows it. Everything comes out, it's like, you. It's like okay, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, that's right. Oh, oh, really, that, okay. And it's like, you know it's not the truth. Just fabrication, just making up everything, just no truth. The second type of lie is a half-truth. This is you're changing the truth or twisting it a little bit. You'll tell some of the truth, but you don't change, say the whole truth or just part of it because you're trying to manipulate the situation to get whatever it is, the ambition that's inside of your heart. The third type of lie is more than the truth, where you add on to the story. You know, I went fishing, and the fish was this big, but that fish was like this big. I'm telling you, I, it took me about 30 minutes to reel it in. It took you two minutes. But you just adding, just for no reason, you just adding more to the story. Just add those, the three type of lies. There's no truth, a fabrication, total fabrication. You just made up the whole thing, a half truth. You're changing and twisting the truth. And then third is you just adding more to the story, more than the truth. When you begin to burn down your truth, what, what you end up burning down when you're lying is you're burning your truth. So no one will be able to trust you. So when you continually lie, when you do tell the truth, no one will believe you because you have a pattern of telling lies. That's what happens. You burn up your truth. And the Bible says that God hates lying. He is 100% truthful. And God says this. He says that when you lie, you act like your father, the devil who is the father of all lies. So when we lie, the, God says that you're acting like your father, the devil, who's the father of lies. So we have to ask ourselves, is there any area of my life where I'm lying? Am I lying, Lester? Just a little fabrication. You know, sometimes the, the lies will just come out and they'll just slip out. And you're like, man, I, did, I don't even know why I said that. Control the tongue. Old lying Lester. That's the first person. Second person is gossiping Georgia. Gossiping Georgia. An insecure heart produces gossip. An insecure heart produces gossip. When you, a, a gossiping person, they find uh, validation in being the one that has the information. They love being the one that has all the information, and sharing that information brings validation. Ooh, guess what I heard about such and such. And they love, they pride themselves on gathering the information just so they could go out and share it with their friends. And, ooh, and, and it makes them feel good. You know, gossipers are merchants. They're just looking for customers everywhere that they can go. I'm just looking for a customer because what the heart hears, the heart loves. And if you have a heart that loves gossip, you love to hear it. And we have to begin to search our hearts. Am I a gossip or do I love to hear gossip? Oh, let me tell you about such and such situation. 
you know they doing bad. And, and you know, the thing about gossip is it could be true or not true. You just love to spread information because it makes you feel better about yourself when you can just talk about other people. That's gossip in Georgia. What gossip burns is it burns your friendships. Because of gossip, what they use, they end up burning all their friendships. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28, it says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Gossip is when you secretly tell something to someone true or untrue in order to get attention. You know, most gossip happens when you're idle. When you don't have anything productive or constructive going on, Usually that's when you start thinking about other people's situations and then let me get on the phone or Facebook or, and start seeing what's going on. And then that's when the gossip happens, when you're idle. So we have to make sure that we're alert at all times and that we don't uh, just looking for, ooh, what information can I pass on to f- make myself feel better and validate? That's gossip in Georgia. Third person is slandering Sally. Slandering Sally. This comes from a heart of jealousy. Slander is done to the multitude. Now, while gossip can just be done to a select few, like you might not gossip with everybody. It's just might you got your little friends that you gossip with. But slandering, you don't care who it is. You have no filter. As soon as you hear their information, you're like, thank God that you told me this. So now I can go slander that person. And you're ready to tell everybody you come in contact with about that person's situation because secretly you're jealous of them. So you do anything you can to tear them down. Whether it's true or untrue, you're ready to say anything you can because you want to tear that person down because you're secretly jealous of what they have or what you don't have. So, that, so you get the information and you spread it everywhere that you go. What you do when you slander is this, you burn down your grace. Because when you don't give grace to others, when you need grace yourself, you have run out of grace because you burned it down. Slandering burns down your grace because you don't give grace to others. When you yourself need grace, there's no grace for you because you burned it all up. That's what slandering does. That's slandering Sally. The fourth person is angry Alvin. Is angry Alvin. Anger comes from a heart of bitterness. Did you know that angry words are the most dangerous, poisonous words that you could ever speak? Angry words. Because when you're angry you know that what is the most vicious, what is the most cruel thing that I can say in this moment to hurt that person? When you're angry, you think of the most vicious, the most cruel thing you can say when you're angry because you want to inflict as much pain on that person as you possibly can. And then when it's over with, you can move on and you say, well, I was just angry, it's okay. But what you've done is that person still has that hurt in their heart. And so while you moved on, there's a trail of hurts in that person that, and you get to the point, you're like, well, what's going on? Well, you hurt me with your words out of anger. And you say, well, I moved on for that. That was years ago. Yeah, but I'm still dealing with the effects of your angry words. And so many relationships, marriages, friendships uh, are destroyed just by simply speaking words out of anger that comes from a heart of bitterness. Well, I feel bad and I'm upset, so I'm going to make everybody else upset around me. If I'm not having a good day, nobody's going to have a good day. And I'm coming in with my words, and I'm slaying everybody. And everybody's going to feel my anger because I'm upset. And somebody needs to feel what I feel. And you go around, and you have a trail of destruction because you've spoken angry, bitter words. You destroy everything in your path because of anger. There's seeds of hurt in every person that you encounter just because you speak angry, angry words. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6. It reads, the words of the wicked or like a murderous ambush, but the words of the godly save lives. 
The words of the wicked are like a murderous ambush, but the words of the godly save lives. That's angry Alvin. Watch those angry words. Fifth person is murmuring Matthew. <laughs> murmuring Matthew. This is a heart of ungratefulness. Just ungrateful about everything. Nothing is never good enough. Always complaining. Well, if I would have went to this school, I would have a better education and a better job. But my parents couldn't afford to send me there, so I guess I'm just stuck here. Well, they didn't give me the promotion, so I guess I'm just stuck with you guys in this in this cubicle. And we and it's like nothing is never it's never always complaining about everything. It's a heart of ungratefulness. And a person that's always ungrateful is a person that's always in lack. Usually people that are ungrateful, they're always in lack of needing something because they're never grateful with the things that they have. Just murmuring, just complaining about everything. Ungrateful about everything. You know, I had a car, but I, I, I mean, I, 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 like, I thank you for this car, but I wish I had a better one. I mean, I mean, this Cadillac is nice, but I sure would like a Mercedes. And it's like, okay. I mean, I have a four-bedroom home, but a six-bedroom would be even nicer. And it's like, when is it ever good enough? When are you going to ever be satisfied? But it won't because your heart is ungrateful. Always murmuring, always complaining, ungrateful. That's the fifth one, murmuring Matthew. The sixth person is negative Nancy. Negative Nancy. This comes from a defeated heart. And we all know people that are negative. Everything that comes out of their mouth is negative. How you doing today? Well, not good. You know, I've been battling with this. And, and it's just a negative person always creates a sour atmosphere. Everything around them is sour. And then you try to encourage them with joy and laughter. And, you, and then they'll turn, why are you always smiling? There's nothing always to be happy about. Don't you know people are suffering in all around the world and you over here smiling? It's like, what are you... It's, there's nothing that's ever good enough. They ne everything is negative. Well, I would be doing better, but you know I'm battling with this. I would be doing better, but nobody really cares about me. And the person that's negative is this. Not only do people hate being around you, you hate being around yourself because you're so negative. It's a, and negativity comes from a defeated spirit, meaning that you see no victory in sight, so everything is negative. I'm just, you defeated in every area of your life. In your health, you defeated, so everything is negative. In your finances, you defeated, so everything is negative. In your relationships, you defeated, so everything is negative. Everything about your life is negative because you're defeated in every area of your life because you won't grab hold to victory. That produces a negative person of spirit of defeat. You just defeated about everything. Well, my dog died yesterday, and that was the only friend I had, and I just don't know how I'm going to make it now because little Fido was there all my world. And it's like everything is just negative. It's like, man, does anything good happen to you? No, because you defeat it. But you have to rise up and say, no, I will get out of this negative spirit. Negative Nancy. This is the seventh and final person. This is rambling Randall. Rambling Randall. Rambling comes from a foolish heart. This is just a person that talks too much. You know, this is one of the things that's funny to me tomorrow can attest to this. I can drive from here to Atlanta. I could drive from here to California and not say one single word and be totally okay and be totally fine and totally at peace. I'm not upset. I'm not mad. I'm not anything. I'm actually having a great day. I just don't. I just don't feel the need that I have to fill every waking moment with words. 
Some people, they cannot stand awkward silence. Y'all know awkward silence? They just feel the need. I have to say something. It's been five seconds. No one has said something. I have to say something. And they just begin to spot off. And then usually in those moments, you say something that's foolish. You're like, why did I say that? It's because this negative energy inside of you says, we were silent, so I had to say something. I didn't know what to say, but I just had, that's rambling, that's rambling Randall. You're just rambling, just talking, 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 talking. Talk, 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 talk. It's just so many words. It's like, but the, the beauty of it is this. There's beauty in silence. Now, I'm not saying you got to be silent every 24 hours. That's not what I'm saying. But the point is, when we begin to ramble and we just begin to talk so much, it's like your words begin to lose value when you talk so much. Because people begin to tune you out. And you say, well, well, well I can't get a word in, so I'm just going to nod my head. And all you hear is, womp, womp, like the, the peanuts. Womp, 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 womp. It's, that's what you hear, rambling. And, and this comes from, like I said, it comes from a foolish heart. Silence is not bad, y'all. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. That's what the word says. That, that's, not, that's not me. That's what the word, y'all can see it, it's on the screen. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Sometimes that's what I have to tell myself when I feel like I'm rambling. It's like, you know what? I just need to stop and just be quiet. And just, just be quiet. But sometimes you sound more wise if you don't say anything. But then you open up that mouth and like, oh, I thought that was a wise person. But <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> rambling Randall. Just rambling, rambling, rambling about anything. But, but those are the seven people that I want to introduce you to. So let's go back to our text in James. Let's go back to James chapter 3. We'll pick up in verse 7. Uh, James chapter 3, verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Hmm, we'll read that again. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives and grapevine produce figs? No, you cannot draw fresh water from a salty spring. I'm going to read two more verses for you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. In Galatians 5, 22, it reads, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. And I know it says this kind of fruit, but I want you to think of the fruit in terms of your words. Think about this in terms of your words. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Let your words be full of love. When we think about our words, let it be full of love. Joy. Let our words be full of joy. Everywhere that we go, let us be carriers of joy, even with our words. Peace. Let us be peacemakers. You know, the world, we need peacemakers in the world. So many people, there's so much division and strife and animosity going on. Let our words be full of peace. Where we're going, everywhere that we go, we're peacemakers. What does it also say? In, uh, let us be peace. Patience. Let us be patient with our words. Let us not be short-sighted and short-tempered with each other. Kindness. Let our words be kind. Goodness. Let's speak good and, and faithfulness. Let our words be faithful and true and pure. Let us be gentle with our words. And also let us have self-control with our words. 
You know, God's words are the only thing that are true and pure. His words are 100% true and pure. And if we want to unlock a miracle in our faith or in our finances or whatever it is that you believe in God for, we need to unlock his words. We need to speak and declare his words. Because when you speak and declare God's words, guess what? That changes things. My words don't change anything. But when I speak and declare God's words, mountains begin to move. He begins to move things in, 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 in for my favor when I begin to speak and declare his words. So what I'm saying is this, is that we need God to change our hearts. Because the only words that come out of your mouth are what's inside of your heart. And so we need God to desperately change our hearts. So what's the crux of this message? What the practical thing, practical thing am I talking about today? Yes, I'm talking about your words. But more importantly is get God, allow God to change your heart. Because if God can change your heart, he can change your words. And God is not looking to change your behavior. You know, some people say, I'm going to just start going to church. I'm going to just start reading my Bible because I'm trying to change my behavior. If you're trying to just change your behavior, you're always going to be frustrated at life, and you'll always be frustrated at God because God is not trying to change your behavior. He's trying to change your heart. And when he changed your heart, then your behavior and things will change as, an, as, as a byproduct of that. Because now you're seeking and desiring things that he wants you to seek and desire. You're saying things that he wants you to say. And now, by nature, your behavior is changing. But if you're just going into it with the mind frame, I just want to change my behavior because I want to be a better person, you're always going to be frustrated. Because God is not trying to change your behavior. He's trying to change your heart. So we have to allow the Lord, God, I give you access to change my heart. He's not in the correcting behavior business. He's in the correcting and changing your heart. Amen? Psalms chapter 51, verse 10, and I'm almost finished. Psalms chapter 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. That's what God wants to do. He wants to create a clean heart within you. Because if he can get a clean heart inside of you, man, God can do some awesome things in your life with a clean heart. That's all he's looking for. He's looking for a clean heart. You want to speak good words? Get a clean heart. When God cleans out your heart, you'll be amazed at how your world changes just because your heart is clean and it's pure and it's seeking the things that God wants you to seek. Last verse, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. Verse 26. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. It's about the heart, y'all. God is in the business of changing our hearts. And I just want to declare to you today, don't just try to change your words. Allow the Lord to change your heart. Because when he changed your heart, you'll begin to realize that I am building and I'm not burning. I'm building and I move from building to burning because I allowed the Lord to change my heart. He's after our hearts. And when I was preparing this message, and I'm finished, when I was preparing this message, I was just asking the Lord, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. Give me a clean heart. Take out the rebellious, the, the stony heart, the, the stubborn heart, and give me a tender, responsive heart that wants to only seek your face. That's what he desires. And I believe that that's what you came to church today for. You came to hear a word from the Lord. The Lord is saying, give me your heart. Let me change your heart. You watching online, you tuning in, you say, God, what do you want? He wants to change your heart. He wants to clean your heart. And I just want everyone in the room just to bow their heads and close their eyes, and, and I'm done. And I just want to pray. 
I just want to give an invitation right now for those in the room, those watching online, that you would say, God, I need to give you my heart. My heart is not clean. My heart is not pure. It's full of all wickedness and deceit. It's full of lies. It's full of slander. It's full of gossip. It's full of murmuring. It's full of anger. It's full of bitterness. It's, but it's full of all those things that you talked about in those characters. But I need to give my heart to God today because I want a clean heart. I want my heart to respond to God. If you're in a room with no one looking around and you're watching online, this is just between you and God. I want you to acknowledge to God just by simply raising your hand and say, God, I want to give you my heart today. I want to come in right relationship with you because I want a clean heart. If that's you today, you're in the room, you're watching online, you want God to clean your heart, to give him a, clear, a, a, a clean heart today, just lift your hand. No one else is looking around. Just lift your hand to the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just going to ask everyone just to place, place their hand over their heart. If you're watching online, you can do the same thing. I want everyone just to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I willingly lay it down to you today. And I thank you that I, as I lay down my heart, that you're giving me a clean heart with pure motives. And I thank you, Lord, that I would search you all the days of my life. And that as I seek your face, and as I search you with my heart, that my words will be words that will build and create and not destroy. I thank you, Lord, for changing my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Are you building or are you burning? Are you building or are you burning? And if you made that decision to follow Christ, you're in the room or watching online, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that, uh, that you made a decision. We'd love to reach out to you. And if you didn't make a decision in the room, there's a decision card in the seat back in front of you. Just fill that out, drop it in the bucket on the way out. But let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Greatest decision that you ever make in your life. Well, that concludes the message today. Are you building or are you burning? I hope this word encourages you today. And I pray that you begin to give the Lord your heart. Allow him to build your words where you're building and not burning down with your words. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. With this Sunday, I'm sorry, this Wednesday, uh, 630, uh, September 1st is our first Wednesday service. We love to invite you. Come be with us. Bring someone with you first Wednesday, this Wednesday, 630 p.m. We love you guys. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you this Wednesday.